Sunday. What a crazy busy week. Happy Sunday. We're back, you guys. We're back with Happily Ever After. And all the people that we've grown to love and hate are all back. And you guys, yes, welcome to The Melanated Way. I'm Linda Entwee. We are covering Happily Ever After, Season 7, Episode 1. Aw, thanks, Jeannie. That's so sweet. I feel hot. It's like hot. I have It's 8 o'clock where I am, and I have my air conditioning on because it's that hot here. Um, but hey, Vanessa. So housekeeping stuff, support the show. Bottom of the screen, you can see where you can support the show. Super chat, super chat stickers, and super thanks are available through YouTube. All the great things. Hey, Sly Cat. Um, let's jump into it. Let's jump into it because I was not ready, y'all. I was just not ready because I think that we've been watching this show for so long and following these couples for so long that oftentimes we kind of forget their backstories. And we, I mean, we know it, but like not the nitty gritty, gritty, gritty. Hey, Joslo. So Jenny and Samit. Oh, Jenny. Oh, Jenny. So first of all, I just want to say this off the top. Okay. These two have been together for like 10 years, right? Married for a year now. I would think at this point, the parents would just be like, she's not going anywhere. Do you know what I mean? Like, why are we having the same exact conversation that you had 10 years ago? She's clearly not going anywhere. He clearly wants to be with her. End of story. So you can cry and say, you said this and this and this and this and that. No, never. You're never, never going to accept. Come on. Like, are we still doing that? It's been 10 years. So anyways, they're roller skating and uh, living their best life. Jenny and Samet. And she falls. He can't really roller skate. And at the time of filming, they've only been married for two months. And Jenny's like living her young life. She's got a little mini skirt on, pink leggings, a leopard sweater, you know, living her life, living her, you know, um, honeymoon phase of, of her wedding and loving it. And they go into the backstory <clears throat> and it's, you know, because you got to remember, they met him catfishing her. So she literally married her catfish, right? And so they met online and he was catfishing her and he was catfishing her with this dude right here that we're seeing on our screen right now, who apparently is some model or actor or whatever. And, but Jenny didn't know who he was. I don't even know who he is, but you know, this is who Jenny thought she was in a relationship with. And then finally, he comes clean. And you guys remember, he used to work at like the call center. He's a total catfish. He came clean. She was like, well, the person I was talking to, I fell in love with. Ah! Jaslo says, pictures. Williams, is that you? <laughs> Who? Mike Jones? So... She didn't care what he looked like. She wanted to see him. And so she flew out to India to meet him in person and went to live there. And she thought that they were going to get married. And guess what? He was already married. Like, he's been lying to her, you guys. I just totally forgot how much this fool has been lying to her, their whole relationship. Lied when they first met because he was catfishing her. Lied that he was single. Lied that his parents would accept her. Lied to the parents. Right. She's just a travel friend. She actually lived in the parents' house and became friends with the mom till she found out that Jenny was sleeping with her son, who's what, 30 years younger than her. 
And then, and then she goes back to the America, comes back to find out that, oh, guess what? I got married. I was in an arranged marriage. I didn't tell her, but carried on the relationship with her. Ridiculous. Finally gets divorced and Jenny goes back to India. And yeah, it's still not okay because the parents don't accept her and will never accept her. So now they're having to deal with his parents. Parents are against the relationship. They've always been against the relationship. <clears throat> and I'm just like, you know, again, at this point, why are we still having this debate? Dude's 33 years old, met her when he was 23, and has been with her on and off for 10 years. Like, why are we having this conversation still? <sighs> Ridiculous. So parents are against the relationship. They're against the marriage. Uh, but last season they had a change of heart and they're like listen we love you jenny and we're not going to say yes we'll give you our blessing to marry our son but we're also not going to stop it now i fully remember them having that conversation i fully remember when they went for that walk and i was even shocked that they even said that so of course jenny thinks that she has the go-ahead right you're not going to bless me but you're not going to stop me okay so then we're good um, and so, but that's not the case, y'all. So he's enjoying his married life and he literally says he doesn't know for how long. And I thought that that was like an age dig because truly I was thinking about it. So in 10 years, Jenny's going to be 73 and he's going to be 43, right? And still for a man, the prime age to have a family, all the things. And who knows, like who knows what his mindset is. But for now, since Jenny was the one that had all the money, right? Jenny's the one that was like coughing up the money using her little retirement to pay for everything. He was living his best life. <clears throat> living his best life and letting Jenny, you know, bankroll that shit. And he was okay with it. And, and she was okay with it, allegedly. And so he's enjoying it for as long as he can enjoy it. Um, I noticed that they were driving, so they bought a new car uh, because they didn't have a car. Remember, they used to use public transport everywhere. And they have a new apartment, even though they still have their old place, which I also thought was weird. Like, so you guys moved to a new place, but do you own that house? Is that why you kept it? Like, I'm not, I'm not really clear on what that situation is, but whatever it is, that place was a dump. And we'll talk about that shortly. Um, so <clears throat> he remembers at the tell-all that they went back on being okay with that relationship. And we all remember the tell-all when the mom was like, yeah, I'm not okay with this. I'm not okay with you marrying her. I've never been okay. Um, <clears throat> Penguin is asking, how do they have both places? Yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out. I'm trying to figure that out. Like, do they own that house maybe? I, I don't know. There's no clarity in that quite yet, but we need to find out because, you know, what does Samit do? In all the time that we've seen him in these last 10 years, I mean, besides working at a call center, what job does he have? No, seriously, what job does he have? And Jenny doesn't work. So, like, what are y'all living off of? So, parents are against it. They came for Jenny at the tell-all. It was all very messy. It was just all messy, right? Same thing that they've been complaining about for years on years on years on years. We all know it. They don't like it. But yet here we are. So Jenny and Summit moved to an apartment um, across the city. And the reason that they did that is because they're worried that his parents will find out that they're married and come and kidnap him. 
because that's what they did last time, right? When he married, he was already married and Jenny came over and they were living together in this like little place. And then they came and got him away from Jenny. So she's worried that that possibly could happen again. So they moved across town so that no one knows where they live and they can just actually live their lives, right? And so they go on a date night and they're talking about how, you know, Summit still feels like he's in a tough spot. And I was like, what are you in a tough spot for, Summit? You're like 33 years old. You're 33 years old. You went ahead and got married on your own volition. And now you're worried about your parents. You've been lying to everyone the whole time. You lied to your parents. You lied to Jenny. You lied to everyone. So, like, what are you exactly worried about? Just stop. How about just stop lying and come clean? And if your parents don't accept it, then they don't accept it. But I personally, you guys, I'm tired of him saying how, oh, my parents are not accepted. They're not going to accept it. They don't accept it. We already know they don't accept it. And you got married anyways. So now support your wife. Stand with your wife, be with your wife and be a unit together because you've already been, you're already deep in and you already got married. So make that make sense to me that now you're like crying that you think that your mom and your dad are going to disown you. They've, they've been saying that. They've been saying it for 10 years. They're clearly not going to ignore you. They're clearly not going to put you to the side. They might yell in your face and your mom might be super manipulative and start crying and saying how, oh, woe is her and on her dead body, you know, all the things. But at the end of the day, she's still going to be there. She's just a drama queen. So get over that and support your wife. <clears throat> so <clears throat> he's like, well, I can't, you know, I can't be happy in this marriage if I'm not with my family and my parents. So I can't be happy without my parents. Okay, Summit, but again, you made a choice and you married Jenny. So what? What do you want to do about that? Are you going to kick Jenny to the curb? I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm just saying. So Summit has invited his parents to their old house because he is going to tell them because he wants to make sure that they find out from him and not through the rumor mill. And he didn't tell Jenny. He didn't have a conversation with Jenny like, hey, this is what I think the plan should be. This is what I think we should do tomorrow. He just went ahead and did it, which to me shows a little bit of a lack of respect. <clears throat> Crystal says, these two have other possible storylines besides the parent stuff. It's tired. We don't need it. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing for the last 10 years. We're over it. We already know they don't approve. He's still with her. But here we are still talking about the same thing over and over and over again. So parents are going to come over. He's going to tell them uh, that, that he married her. And he's hoping that they accept it. Because, again, the mom said last season, well, we won't, we won't stop you. But we're not going to give you your blessing, our blessing. So he thought it was okay. Jenny thought it was okay. So they went ahead and did it. So the next day, uh, he's she woke up on the wrong side of the bed. She's all cranky, right? Because she doesn't really want to get into this to and fro toxic anger between the parents again. She thinks that it's going to go terrible. And she's always the butt of their anger, right? They are always like just telling her how terrible she is. And she just doesn't feel like having to deal with that. So it's the next day. Submit. Did you guys notice the little lame breakfast that he made her? He's like, breakfast. And there's like maybe like three little pieces of fruit on a plate. And 
They don't even have it. They have it on the bed. She comes to the bathroom and sits on the bed, and there's that little lame plate. I, I don't know. I just thought it was weird. It's like, what is that? <laughs> so she's really worried about telling the parents. She doesn't want to. She doesn't want to do it, and it's because she's only had bad experiences with them and they always talk shit about her. And she's like, I shouldn't have to just sit there and listen to them talk crazy about me to me and to my face. And I got to tell you guys, just like how I think Lydia from the family Chantel, mama Lydia is a mean girl. I really do think Sadna who is Samit's mom is a mean girl. I can't, and she doesn't look like she would be a mean girl, but, she the shade that she throws is unbelievable to me. She'll be smiling your face, and in Hindi, she's like talking shit in your face. It's unbelievable. <clears throat> so <clears throat> Jenny doesn't really know if she wants to go back to the old house with Samit because she doesn't really want to subject herself to all that toxic spewing in her face. And and it's like, well, you're my wife, so you should come and you should support me. But by the way, you shouldn't talk. So I should just sit there and let them talk shit about me and not say anything? Is that what you're saying? He's like, yeah, you should support your husband. Because your husband wants to make up with his family. So that's your duty. I was like, uh, um, um, what? <clears throat> so they're back at the old place and the house is a mess. Like, I, every time I, I just don't, oh. It was a mess, you guys. It's dirty. It's messy. There's like crap on the floor. There's crap on the countertops. It's just a messy, filthy house. And so they're cleaning up because, you know, the parents are coming over and Sadna is allegedly a clean freak. And so they're doing that to clean the house before the visit. And then the parents come. So Sadna, Anvil, his brother Amit, and his wife Cherie all show up. And, you know, it was weird. It was awkward. No one was saying anything. And, you know, Samit, I personally think Samit is, is like a weak man. I really do. I think he's a weak man. I feel like he throws Jenny under the bus, like, subliminally, but not, like, directly. But he never stands up for her. And he never stands up for himself in the sense that he always lets everything fall on Jenny. And then he just remains silent. And again, I'm like, if that's your wife, you should support your wife. That's not your girlfriend. That's your wife. And you made that choice willingly and openly. And yet you never have her back. It's bizarre to me. Your parents are saying terrible, nasty things that Jenny can't understand, but you understand and you just sit there. But again, you're a weak man. You're a weak lying man. Cause that's all you do. You, all you do is lie and you don't stand up for anyone and you want to have it all, but you don't want to be the bad person. Got it. So they come in, Jenny's in the kitchen. Jenny brings chai tea for everyone. And then she sits down and she's like, Oh, I'm hot. I'm hot. And the mom throws shade right away. She's like, you're feeling hot from just making tea. Right. So the shade is about her age too. And about like, Oh, you're having like hot flashes. She's doing that shade. And then the mom asks, you know, how are you doing in Hindi? And Jenny responds in Hindi. And then the mom starts laughing. Everyone starts laughing. And then the mom says, um, it's like someone pressed the button for her to say it. And then not only is the mom throwing shade, but his 
sister sister-in-law Cherie says look at how fat her arms are and both the mom and Cherie start laughing i was like what so you two are just gonna literally sit there and bully jenny and for what reason because she's old you just don't like her because she's old or is there something else in there? Are we doing some like weird reverse racist things? I don't know, but they're mean girling her hardcore. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So they're laughing and making fun of Jenny. <clears throat> um, and then the dad and Nell's like, you know, nothing's really new. I'm about to retire. And Jenny's like, oh, you know, congratulations. Yes. Hey, Stevie evil women, both of them. Yeah, just really not nice, you guys. Like, not nice at all. So it's silent and it's awkward. And of course, Submit doesn't take the reins and be like, hey, this is why I called you over. He just sits there and looks at them. And so Jenny's feeling awkward. They're all just sitting there in silence. So Jenny starts talking and she's like, you know, she reminds them of the walk that they had last season and how they said that they loved her and accepted her. And she's like, what happened? After that walk, I never saw you guys again. And we never, we haven't connected. And you said that you were okay with our relationship, that you love me, that you won't support it in your blessings, but you also won't stop it. And <clears throat> I just hate how submit made Jenny do all the talking, right? So once she said that, then he translated, but he didn't stand up for himself. Like, hey, you guys did this and you said this, we should be in a good place. So there's no reason why we should be having any type of argument because you already told her that you love her. And now this, now you're calling her fat arms and you're making fun of her, making an effort to speak your language. Like, I don't, I just, I don't know you guys. It just seems really mean and terrible. So <clears throat> the mom says, no, I never said that. I never agreed to your marriage and I never will. She's like, I never said it and prove it. And I was like, well, can we not just go back to the footage? Because we can all prove it. All the fans can prove it. We can just go back to last season and show you when you were walking and you literally said that. Um. So the mom goes on to say, you know, I'm happy. I will never be happy for you if you get married to her. You will never get married to her. Even on my deathbed, she says, I won't allow it. I will never give you my blessing. And then Sumit just blurts out, well, we got married. And the mom freaks out. Don't ever show me your face. If you show up at my door, I'll insult you and throw you out. She freaks out. She starts crying. Can't believe that he did this to me. I can't believe it. He didn't do anything to you. First of all, he's 33 years old. Jenny's been around for like 10 years. You and Jenny used to be friends. Just because you don't like it, here we are 10 years later. Like, you need to get over yourself. Like, who holds on to such a grudge for 10 years? Doesn't make any type of sense to me. It doesn't. Your son's not going anywhere. He's made it clear to you that Jenny makes him happy. So what the hell is your problem? Oh, you're worried about you and your reputation and your community. You're worried about what people are going to say about you. You don't really care about your son and his feelings and his happiness. Ridiculous. 
absolutely ridiculous. I think his mom, Crystal says, is the most ridiculous 90 day mom of all times. I feel her and Mike's mom are neck and neck in that for sure. Uh, Carol says, how do Samit's parents get paid for being a 90 day fiance? I thought that you had to be a US citizen to be paid. What entices them to be on screen without money? I don't think that that's true, Carol. I do think that just like how people uh, get sponsored, like in the US, like H1 visa, because you're not a US citizen, but the company can sponsor you. I don't know what that visa looks like, but when you're uh, filming and using filming outside of the US and filming outside of the US and using people that are from wherever you're filming, you do have to pay them. So whatever visa sponsor that is, I'm thinking that that's how it works. But again, don't quote me, but I think that that's how it works. It's just like how, you know, an actor who uh, is working in Vancouver, but is American can still get paid in Canadian currency because they have that visa process. So whatever that visa process is. <clears throat> Now moving on, lucky us, we get Bilal and Shida back uh, for Happily Ever After. And they're out playing in the snow, they're having a snowball fight, they're doing snow angels. At the point of filming, uh, it was they've been married for seven weeks, so they're still in their marital bliss, but really not really because Bilal is who he is. Um, she eats the snow, they have like a little romp in the snow. And then we hear their story again about how they met online. Um, and basically, Shida was adding every guy that was adding her because she's like, I'm getting older. I need to find my one. And they talked for three months online before he went to Trinidad to meet her. Three days into the trip, they just like, let's get married. That's, everything's great. And um, they spent seven days together. He went home, started the K-1 visa process. And took two years and she came over, arrived in the US and the prank started y'all. So they talked about the pranks. We remember like the old house prank, the van prank. Um, and he was just like, you know, I was testing her to see if she was a gold digger or not, if she really would be with me to be with me. And he said that she horribly failed the test, but yet again, here we are, you did get married, right? So it is what it is. Now, the other thing that they agree about still, and even though you guys, spoiler alert, there is that rumor out there that Shida is pregnant be uh, from a, a reel that they posted on social media. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's the rumor that's out there. And so their other main issue is she wants to have kids and they're not on the same page when it comes to kids. And he also, you know, needed that prenup, which I don't really understand why they got the prenup because there was no repercussions for either or. Do you, do you understand what I mean? So he has to, yes, help her financially build her business in Kansas City, right? So he's going to give her the money to start her business. And then she has to have a baby by 40. But what's the clause if you don't have a baby by 40? There's no clause. So what was the point of having it in the prenup if there's no clause? It's not like you're like, hey, okay, if I don't have a baby by 40, then what? You get divorced or do you get financial compensation or like what? And if you do have a baby by 40, then then what? Like there's no, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me to put something 
into a prenup when there's no no standard, there's no repercussions or, or bonuses. It just doesn't make sense. So <clears throat> she signed it, they got married and she's happy because now she doesn't have to be lonely anymore. She loves being married. She loves waking up to her man. Um, but she's having a hard time adjusting to America, right? So there are a lot of things that are different. One of the things she talks about is eating beef. And she thinks like people in America eat their beef too rare. And she only likes all her food like well done. She ordered iced tea on their little day date. And she didn't like that either. And she wanted to try Bilal's drink, some orange drink he was drinking. And he was so weird. Like, that's your wife. So she sips on his straw and all he's talking about is the backwash he sees. And he like cringes his face like he's grossed out by it. And she's like, you know, you're super OCD. And he's like, no, I'm not. But you kind of are. And we, we saw that last season too. Like you just are very particular. And I would feel like I'm one of, I couldn't be comfortable with him because he's always judging. And he's always like looking about, about what he doesn't like and what he's not seeing. And it's weird. It's like, how can you actually ever be comfortable with someone that's always judging you and has all these crazy high standards? Like, you just can't be a regular person. It's weird. It's weird. Um, <clears throat> the other issue is with uh, Shahida, right? Bilal's ex-wife of 10 years. You know, she's trying to protect herself and her two kids. So she came over last season and you know, talk to Shida about the prenup and Shida wasn't here for it. And she thought it was disrespectful. She's like, it's none of your business, all the things. And it was just unacceptable to her. And Bilal's like, you know, that happened, but I think that you need to let it go now. We need to move forward. Aren't you Muslim? You know, maybe you should just forgive and forget and move forward. <clears throat> and she's not willing to like she's holding on to it she's really still mad about it and Bilal's like well maybe if you guys get to know each other then things will be better but you need to be friendly with her because my children are my main priority and that's their mom and so we all have to have peace and get along because my kids are always going to be my number one and that's their mom right which is weird it's, it makes sense to me you guys but at the same time I'm like but this is your wife now so like where does that stand Where does that stand? I don't know. So they're off to see to see uh, Shahida, and Bilal keeps stressing that things need to be friendly for the sake of the children, and whatever it is that they need to do to mend relationship, that they're going to have to do it. And he's like, you know, I need my new wife and my ex to put everything to rest for the sake of everyone. And then Shida <clears throat> was a little shady here. She was like, well, you know what? I'm not the second wife. I am the wife. Well, no, you're the, you're the second wife. He's had a full-on wife, a 10-year relationship. He has two kids with that woman. That's the first wife. It might be his ex-wife, but that's his first wife. So don't get it twisted. You are the second wife. You're just the current wife. And I know that sounds terrible, but that's the truth. Like, you can't come up here and add to be like, I am the wife. You've been married for seven weeks, Shida, and barely made it. 
And what's going to happen when you're 40 and this fool's like not giving you a baby, then what? Right? So I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't come with gangs of guns a blazing and acting like you're all that. You're literally his second wife. And if you don't want to claim that, then then don't claim it. But that doesn't make it not facts. Um, so the other thing is, so they're driving in the car and then Bilal's like, well, I talked to Shida and Shida looks at him. You mean you talked to Shahida? I'm Shida, right? And so there was a weird whole thing where she thinks that he just has a thing for people that are named Shahida or sounds close to. And I was like, oh, that's really a, a, not a good look. Not a good look. Oh, third wife, right? Yeah, that's right. There was another wife. So she really technically is the third wife. I forgot about that. So yeah, the wife that he doesn't talk about, that he was married to when he was really, really young. And then they got right out of uh, college and then they got divorced, but he doesn't talk about her because I guess she doesn't count in his mind because she didn't have babies with them. So <clears throat> Shida's holding on to how much she feels disrespected. Uh, she felt disrespected in her own home. And I was like, well, you were in that home for like, what, a month? Like, just settle down, right? I get it. You're the soon-to-be new wife, but his ex-wife of 10 years wants to protect the interests of the children. And I think any mom would feel the same way. And Shida can't act like Shahida and Bilal don't have a close relationship because we saw that throughout the season and he explicitly stated that they're still very close. So I just don't know where all this attitude is coming from. You you knew, like you said, he's a package deal. So here's the package, his ex-wife, and two kids, they're, they're part of the package. So Bilal just really wanted to move on um, and let it go. And she's just not really willing to. And so what she's saying is that she's not going to deal with any baby mama drama. That's not her. And that's not what she's about. And he's like, well, you're going to have to make the peace because my children are my top priority. Now, the one thing that's a total side note that I noticed, and I wanted to see if any of you guys that are watching right now notice, or if you noticed and you're watching the replay, let me know in the comments. But do you notice that she wears blue contacts sometimes and sometimes not? So when she does her to camera, she has blue contacts on. And then like just every other time, like when they were driving to go see Shahida, she didn't have them on. Did you guys notice that at all? Like, it's not that it's a big deal. I just noticed it. I was like, oh. I thought that the, her, her eyes were actually indeed that light, but they're not. They're contacts. I just learned something new. <clears throat> On to international superstar, a.k.a. Usman, a.k.a. Soldier Boy, and Kimberly, who is now just going by Kim. Um, and of course, because he's a bit of a user of 90 days, the segment opens up to his music, dabbling, no, it's dabbing, 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 it's new and entertaining, dabbing, 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 it's new and entertaining, dun, dun, dun. I'm like, Give me some auto-tune. 
give me some attitude, give me some lyrics, and I can knock it out too. Okay? Dab it, dab it, dab it. It's new and entertaining. Okay. Okay, Mr. International Superstar. Superstar, soldier boy. <laughs> I'm a rapper. I'm a rapper from Nigeria, and I came with my autotune. Do do do, dabbing, dabbing, dabbing. Okay, enough of that. Thanks for using. <laughs> uh, so, first of all, you guys. First of all, Kimberly is at the dentist. She is getting her teeth whitened and you cannot tell me that in san diego in that dentist's office that they had soldier boys video playing in the dentist's office i don't care what none of y'all will ever be able to convince me that they found his video and are putting it on heavy rotation at the dentist's office like i just i was like what you guys want us to believe that the dentist's office is playing soldier boy and not even the soldier boy, soldier boy, real soldier boy, but this two-bit knockoff, stop it. <laughs> but okay, let's go with that. The dentist's office is playing soldier boy's video in San Diego. And the technician was like, oh, is that your man? She's like, yeah. Oh, he's so handsome. Stop it. Y'all just stop it, okay? Stop it because this photo that they popped up of, of him, I don't, what? International who? International what? Linda, you're indeed a wild one. Facts. Nah, she airdropped it and shared it on the Bluetooth. That part, I believe that midwife crystal. What I don't believe is that they knew who this fool was, not by one minute. So she explains her backstory that she met Soldier Boy online and uh, he's an up and coming star. But I know that he's told her to say these things because he's the same person in his first person will call himself an international superstar. And you guys know how I feel about that. If you need to tell us that you're an international superstar, but we don't know who you are then I don't know how you can call yourself an international superstar. Have you even been to the United States? I don't think so. Have you been to Canada? I don't think so. So where exactly are you internationally superstarred besides using 90 days for your music? Music. Dabbing, dabbing, dabbing. Come on now. <sighs> Kim probably brings his videos with her everywhere she goes. Oh my God. So they met online and and uh, she DM'd him. And three days later, he video chatted her and she wasn't ready. So she waited and called, got put on her makeup and called her back. And this is the timeline, according to Kim. She was a fan. And I remember those days, you guys. I remember because he used to go live on Instagram all the time. And she would, you know, ask to be added. And we'll add, and I remember literally remember her as a fan, you guys. I literally remember watching those those lives 
And then, so she went from fan to super fan to friend to potential. And then he invited her to Tanzania. And from there, she went from potential girlfriend to girlfriend. Okay. Now, she said that while they were in Tanzania, that she had to jump through hoops upon hoops upon hoops. And she did. She almost had to like convince him to be with her. And you guys remember, they didn't have sex. He didn't want to have sex with her. He didn't want to do any of that stuff with her because he really didn't actually want to be with her. He wanted to be with Zara. That's who he wanted to be with. Now I'm trying to find something for you guys because I really want you to see how this man is literally using 90 Day Fiance specifically and only, this is, I'm so happy I found it, specifically and only to be on the show. Now, here's the thing. And if you don't know, now you'll know. When he went on 90 Day Fiance, right? So first it was BGL, baby girl Lisa, right? But he didn't really want to be with Lisa, but he married her because, you know, maybe he'd get that green card. But they couldn't make it happen, right? Because all that stuff went down. She called him the N-word, all the things. So boom, it doesn't work. But then he was dating Zara, but Zara didn't really want to have anything to do with the show And she didn't really want to commit to it because they were long distance. So she wasn't sure, like, what's your story? Are you committed to me or are you not? And so when the show was airing or about to start to film, then he needed a backup plan because he just really wanted to be on TV. And I want you guys to hear this because it's really important. It's really important to see what the full situation is. Okay? I actually wanted to go on TV with Zara, she had, like right now, she still have the contract in her hand because I love being on TV. And just for the people in the back, let's just play it one more time. I actually wanted to go on TV with Zara. She had, like right now, she still have the contract in her hand because I love being on TV. Do I need to say anything else? I don't think I do. That's why we're seeing these two on TV. He wanted to go with Zara. Zara didn't sign the contract, so he plan b it. So now here we are where we have Kim having to jump through hoops as a fan to be his girlfriend, but yet he doesn't want to even be intimate with her. Right, but he wants to be on TV. Okay, he wants to be on TV. That's what he knows because he thinks that being on TV is going to help him with his music career, which you know, obviously it is. But that's not why we watch the show. We watch the show because we want to see these 90 day couples. But for some reason, they keep bringing him back. So here we are. So, um, when Kim found out about Zara. She was really upset. She had to take time apart from from Soldier Boy after she came back from Tanzania. And then at the tell-all, she found out about him calling Zara while he was still in Tanzania after she was there. And so she got her feelings all hurt. She doesn't trust him. And she didn't know what to do, right? But then she's like, I still love him. 
and he invited me to Nigeria, and I guess she went. So sometime in between filming, she allegedly went to Nigeria and spent time with her, with him, and he treated her, quote, like a queen. So now she trusts him again. Let me tell you something. This leopard is not going to change his spots. And especially the fact that he wants to have a second wife. He wants a second wife because that's going to actually be his real wife, the one he's going to have babies with. He's using you to get to the U.S. and to stay on TV. We know that, right? So she meets up with her besties, uh, Vanessa and Alyssa, and, you know, is filling them in on everything that's been going on with her and Usman and, you know, her new white teeth. And she's like, yeah, I'm going back to Nigeria in a couple of days. He's invited me back to meet his family. And I'm going to go propose to him. You're going to do what, Kimberly? You're going to do what? She loves him. She wants to be with him. And her friends are not impressed. They don't say a word. And I'm not like, why are you proposing to him? And do you think he's going to say yes? Like, what are you getting out of this? You love him for real? So they're like, well, are then you moving to Nigeria? She's like, no, uh, I would start the K-1 visa process and bring him over here. And then they'll have a second wife and he can have children with that second wife, but she's going to be the first wife. And the first wife gets all the love and the good stuff, gets to travel and all of that. I was like, wait, what? Who told you that? And who told you that's how it works in Nigeria? Who told you that? Because if it's Soldier Boy... You can't believe a word he, this fool is saying to you. So let me get this straight. You're going to settle for paying all this money to go to and fro Nigeria to visit him. And you're going to pay for him and the K-1 visa process. And then you're going to allow him to just be in the U.S., work on his music while you, again, have to pay for everything until he gets his green card. But while he's doing that, he's going to be able to date and find someone else who can have his babies. But you think that you're going to have a bigger hold because you're wife number one on him. Let me tell you how it's going to work. This bull right here will leave you in a drop. A hot minute. Okay. I think that if you are getting Nigerian African history and how things work and how the culture is, you really need to go ask another Nigerian how men feel in Nigeria about their children. Okay? Go figure that part out. Because I'll tell you this, that you being the first wife ain't going to be shit if the other woman has his babies, his legacy. And if there's a boy involved in that, forget it. The firstborn, forget it. Okay? I'm just saying. Like, if you want to talk about you want to know the culture, then you should really know the culture. <clears throat> I'm just saying, like, you get all the fun stuff. I don't think you really know what the fun stuff is. 
And so for the simple fact that we're making this situation a seeking sister wife situation, I, I mean, why are you settling for less than you deserve? You already said you were in a 20 year marriage that was bad. Why now would you go and marry someone who clearly doesn't really love you? And she seems like a lovely person, you guys. I don't understand why she would settle for that. So her and her friends don't either. So her friends are like thinking that she's moving too fast. And, you know, do you even know if he's not even speaking to other women because you guys have never really spent any real time together? And she gets defensive. She feels like they're judging her and she walks out. And I was like, you only feel defensive if what they're saying is ringing true to you, but you don't want to hear it. You want to do what you want to do because you've made this decision and your friends who are you said are your best friends are asking you the tough questions and the questions that need to be asked. Is he talking to someone else? Because don't forget you were not his first choice. He said, I actually wanted to go on TV with Zara. She had like right now, she still have the contract in her hand because I love being on TV. I love being on TV. I wanted to go on with Zara. She didn't go on and sign the contract, so I plan B'd it. So now you're going to tell me now that this fool who shows you no real true love and affection, you want to marry him? That part. Make it make sense. Make it make sense because it makes no sense. All I see coming down the line is her losing a ton of money, him coming over, getting his green card and bouncing, and all the while talking to other women. That is what I see happening, period. And so when your friends are questioning you and you get defensive, it's just not a good look. And the friends are like, you know, listen, we love you. We are feel protective of you. You know, what you're going doing, it's a lot, and it's a lot to wrap our minds around. And we know that you've been burned in the past and we don't want to see you get burned again. Um, and, you know, she, her friends even say, you know, she, when we tell her the truth, she throws a fit just like a two-year-old would. She gets defensive because she's not confident in the relationship yet. And I agree with her friend. You know, deep down that something is not sitting right. You, you've been embarrassed by him. You, can clearly see that you were not the person that was supposed to be on the show with him and that he was dating someone the whole time that he actually really wanted to be with and she turned him down. And that's why he didn't want to get intimate with you. That's why you guys were fighting all the time. That's why he had you like, if you look at his body language, you know, he had you at an arm's length the whole time. And even though you said you had the hanky panky, I don't believe that you guys did. I just don't, I don't believe it. And then he moved into another room and stayed in his own room. But meanwhile, you're buying him, you know, um, an Xbox or a PlayStation or whatever you bought him, a, a new laptop. Like all, you're spending all your money. And guess what? He's keeping all those things and looking at you and like, you know, maybe he could do a smile here and there. Maybe hold your hand and that should suffice. Ridiculous. Um, and so the friends are like, you know, are you guys in a committed relationship? And Kim says, yeah, they are. They're solely committed to each other. Um, and the friends don't believe it. They're like, well, before you propose to him, make sure he's not talking to anyone else. And I guarantee you he's talking to someone else. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if he was still hitting up Zara in her DMs. Like, I, I just wouldn't be surprised by that. Next up is Elizabeth and Andre. Oh, Lord. This season, you guys, I just, first of all, I'm so glad that I didn't have Angela and Ed and Andre, all like the people that just fight all the time, all in one episode. I was, I was really happy. Like, give it in doses. I'm good with that. I really am because, ugh. anyways, Andre and Elizabeth, they're out there playing tennis. They've been married for four years now, living in Tampa, Florida. Their backstory is, you know, they met, got engaged really fast. She went to see him in Dublin. They got along, they made out, they got engaged, boom, they got married. That's their story. And one of the things that I thought was interesting about seeing them again is, do you guys notice that Elizabeth is looking more and more like her dad, Chuck? Like her whole her whole face just looks exactly like her dad now. Well, not so much before, but now I guess as she's getting older, she's really like looking like she is her daughter's son. She is her father's daughter for sure. Um, so they bought a new house and it's huge. They love it. And Andre is so happy because, you know, he's achieved the American dream as an immigrant and he owns property. And so they welcome Chuck over. And so Andre is like, welcome to my crib. Like it was MTV Cribs. And the reason why he was able to do that is because he's apparently doing well in real estate. You know, he asked for that $100,000 loan from Chuck to start his own company. And Chuck also mentored him one-on-one. And that's what's made him successful and got to where he's gotten. But what, to what price? To what avail? Guess what? Chuck is estranged from everyone. So Charlie's out of the business now. And Charlie and his whole family don't talk. And I did an interview, I think it was last year with Charlie and Meg, and he confirmed that that the family has shunned them. They don't have anything to do with them at all. And it's really, really sad. And to be honest, you guys, you should go back and watch the interview because it was actually really enlightening because, you know, Charlie comes off as he's the villain, but I don't want to say too much because I want you guys to go watch it. But I don't know if he is. That's what I'll say. Go check it out. It's on my YouTube page. So Charlie is estranged from the family. Andre and Elizabeth have been keeping their distance from the family. And she hasn't seen her sisters in forever, like six months. Sisters haven't even seen the house that they've moved into. And so it's just a big, like Andre came into the business, Chuck's business, and literally fractured everyone out of it. So the once tight-knit family, this one man was able to Drive a wedge in the family and keep the wedge there. By far one of your best interviews. Thank you. I still have it in the YouTube downloads. Aw, thanks, Crystal. It was a really good interview. We get some really good interviews here. Um, so I think it's terrible. I think it's terrible that you let an outsider come in and destroy your, your family. I really do. And I get that they're having a bromance because Andre and Chuck are, like really get along now. But to the extent of your own son, flesh and blood, and your own daughters, I don't know. I think that that would be a hard pill for me to swallow. Um, so <clears throat> Andre is convinced and continues to say that, 
Libby's sisters and brother are jealous of him. They're jealous of what they have. They're jealous of what they achieve. And even if they came to the house, they would be jealous of the house. Like, okay, Andre, you're so great. Everyone's so jealous of you. Got it. Uh, they flash back to the fight that they had. So, and where Chuck started crying because uh, Charlie and Andre were fighting, fist fighting to the ground, all the stuff. And he's like, you know, I didn't, he's a cancer survivor and he didn't survive cancer for his family to be all fractured like this. But then, and I said it last season, I'm going to say it this season. If you're the patriarch of the family, why are you allowing this to happen? It's your business and your money. And you're letting yourself be manipulated and you're allowing this fracture to continue. If you're the, if you're indeed the patriarch with all the money, then fix it, fix it. And don't let this person who's the newbie come in and wreck your family. It, I mean, come on. Yeah. Charlie may have issues and, you know, we'll talk about that later according to his sisters, but at the end of the day, that's still your son. So you're not going to talk to your son, but you're going to talk to, your daughter's son who has alienated the whole family. Okay. So since the tell all, no one's talking um, to each other and Charlie's no longer part of the family business and just the whole family is a mess right now. So we go back to the house. Uh, they're showing off the house to Chuck, lots of room in the house and Andre blurts out one of the one of the rooms is going to be a studio because guess what y'all Elizabeth who we have not seen in one episode out of all their seasons sing any type of song but now she's she's been singing since she's three and she wants to be a singer so they're going to build a built-in studio in the house so she can practice and like I don't know make music and you know stream her shit on on Spotify. I don't know, but she's going to be a singer now. That's what, that's what her passion is. And that's what she's going to, she's going to do. And, you know, I'm all for the creatives. I'm all for following your passion and your dreams, but I'm just surprised because we've not ever heard this about her. Have you all, have you all heard that she's a singer? Have you heard her ever sing? Does she have a little singing clips on her social media? Does she have a Spotify situation? Like I just have never heard her sing. And all of a sudden that's what she wants to do, which is fine. We just never heard you have that talent. Could we hear a little something? Could you break out in song right now? Yeah, I saw the acting, but the acting is because her mom owns a talent agency. So I've seen her acting. Yes, absolutely. She's all over IMDb, but I haven't seen any type of singing whatsoever. <sighs> so Chuck's like, wait, what? Is this going to be a hobby or is this your career? And Elizabeth didn't really want to tell him yet. She didn't want to spill the beans. So she's like, you know, Andre, shut your mouth a little bit because, you, you know, you're talking too much. This is stuff that we haven't discussed outwardly to anyone. This is just me, my, me talking to my husband saying, these are my future goals and dreams and aspirations. So Chuck's like, well, what about your commitment to me and the business? Like, what's going to happen there? And she didn't know what to say. She's like, you know, in my mind, she, she thought that she could not always work for her dad and she feels stressed out and she just wants to follow whatever makes her happy. And 
singing makes her happy. And again, I'm just confused because I just have never heard him mention music whatsoever. And so now we have, let's play a little game here. Let me see if I can think of all the people. So now we have, okay, so we have Soldier Boy, rapper. We have Elizabeth now who wants to be a singer. We have Tariq who thinks he's a rapper. Uh, we have River, who's actually very talented rapper. We have um, Evelyn, who's actually a very talented singer who was on American Idol. We have, who else do we have? Oh, that's right. Cara does show tunes. So Cara is a show tuner. We have... Darcy and Stacy rappers. Um, who else do we have? So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people so far. So far, uh, we have oh yeah, Benny who wants to pursue music. Ed, are you talking about Big Ed? I know Ed plays the piano but I didn't know he had musical aspirations. Hi, Dustin. I didn't know he had musical aspirations. Oh yeah, Brittany, we have Brittany, who's a rapper. Oh, we have Jibri, who's a rapper. Yeah, but I only saw him play the piano and I don't know if he wants to pursue music. I think he just wanted us to see that he knew how to play the piano. Uh, <clears throat> Eve? Is Eve musical? I don't remember that. Anyways, point being, there are so many 90 dayers who you know, I guess I'm musically inclined. So it'll be interesting. Oh, yeah. I can't remember his name either, but there is that guy too. So there's a lot. There's a lot of 90 dayers who want to do music. So... <clears throat> Elizabeth asked Andrea to stop spilling the beans because, you know, she hasn't really come up with what her exact plan for her musical career is going to be. And true Andre form, he freaks out, starts yelling at her, starts cussing in front of their little baby Ellie, who's three, where you guys, I told you last season, the last season that they were on, that that irritates me so much. Like, the way he just cusses so freely in front of that child, I don't understand it. And I think it's disgusting. Like, take your temper down 10 notches and have a private conversation. You don't have to be dropping F-bombs in front of a three-year-old every five seconds. But he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He does it all the time. And I just think it's a bad look. So even Elizabeth is like, you know what? Stop cussing in front of our child. Stop it. And you could see that Ellie started fussing in her arms and started like crying a little bit is because 
she's hearing this yelling and that's scary for her. She's only three years old. And so Elizabeth is like, you know, I've been distancing myself from my family. Haven't seen um, her family, her sister specifically in six months. And so she's off to spend time, have brunch with her sisters or her mom for the first time in a long time. And they go on the patio, she orders a drink, it starts thunderstorming, so they move inside. And she tells her sisters and her mom about her new passion that she wants to sing. And her sisters are like, well, what are your goals? Like, what's your end goal? Like, do you want this as your career? And she's like, oh, I don't know. See how it goes. And then she kind of bashes her own husband. And again, I feel like she's part of the problem, right? So you're going to come and get mad at your sister because they're bashing your husband for the same thing that you do, that you bash your husband. So she's like, you know, Andre thinks that he has given me his permission, but I don't need his permission. I'm a grown woman. All I need is his support. And so, of course, that statement is going to set off her sisters because her sisters already think he's too controlling. And he's already caused all these problems in their relationship. So, like, why are you doing this? Unless you want to have problems, unless you want to have this continued fractured relationship, then go ahead and keep bad-mouthing your, your husband. Um, <clears throat> so Pam, the mom, wants to talk about Charlie. And, you know, she's like, he misses everyone. He wants us all to get back together. He feels like, you know, shunned a little bit. And they're like, no, we need him to go get help. You know, when he gets help, then we can revisit this issue and talk about us all being a family again. But he has a drinking problem. And they said, the sisters say, Becky and Jen say that he drinks every single day. And after he drinks, he's just like belligerent and it's toxic for them and they don't want to be around it. And yes, that's their brother and they'll love him, but they don't want to subject themselves to that any longer. And Pamela suggests, well, why don't we just get a mediator or counselor, sit down and hash all of this out? Um, because I really want everyone to come together on common ground. And all the sisters, including Elizabeth, were like, no, we don't, we don't want to do that. Why don't you go to counseling with him and you go to talk to him about his drinking problem? because they don't want to be around a drunk, they said. And so she starts crying and she's like, all, from, all I want for my birthday is for all my kids to be in one place for a few hours. Can you make that happen? And they're like, no, we can't make it happen uh, because you are avoiding the issue. You're avoiding the issue. And until you address it, we're not going to hang out with them. It's just impossible. <clears throat> Last and not least, Jovi and Yara and Myla. Uh, time of filming. They've been married for two years and Yara's out there getting ready to go out with her friends. She's made some new friends. Uh, they talk about Yara and Jovi's backstory, right? How they met on the travel app. He was meeting other girls from Ukraine, but they were always like, you know, fly me out here, buy me this, buy me that, buy me a phone um, and then I'll meet you. And then Yara's like, but I was the smart one. I paid for my own ticket and then when I got and met him then had him pay for everything else and then they both start laughing. Um, you know, she was attracted to him because, you know, he had great abs. Now he has a dad bod and like that first night together, it was awkward for them. She, he didn't trust her. So he slept with his wallet, his passport and his phone under his pillow. But then the next day they realized that they really hit it off and they really liked each other. And so 
you know, they continued to travel. And then four to five months later, he proposed to her. They started the K-1 visa process. She came to the U.S., gets to New Orleans, hates it. Remember how much she hated it. She thought it was dirty and filthy, that everyone was just drinking and partying all the time. Then she got pregnant. They went to Vegas, got married. And seven months later, they had Mila. And um, a lot of people ask, and I'm glad he addressed it on the show, because, you know, he goes to work for a month, then he's off for a month, then he works for a month, and he works with uh, underwater robotics, which I think is a kind of really cool job, to be honest. And he gets to travel the world, too. It's kind of cool. But in the meantime, you know, when he's away, Yara feels like she's a single parent because, you know, he's away. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do and provide for your family. Jovi also doesn't think that Yara... <clears throat> Um, it's fun anymore. Ever since she's become a mom, she doesn't like to party and go out and do all the fun things that he likes to do. And he's like kind of resentful of that. And uh, now Yara's made some friends. So now that he's back, she's going out a little bit more with her friends. And he's also a little bit resentful of that. And he's like, so I just come home from work and you're going out with your friends and I just have to stay home and what be the babysitter. And I find it so weird when parents say that you're not babysitting your child. That's your child. You're taking care of your child. You're not babysitting anyone. You're being the father. You're being the mother. You're not babysitting. That's, that's your baby. That's your flesh and blood. And because you decided to have a baby, then you're responsible for that baby, period. So who's babysitting who? No one's babysitting. You, an outside person who doesn't have DNA related to that child is babysitting. Grandma and grandpa could be babysitting. But that baby came from you. So that is not babysitting, period. Oh, these fools are back. I feel so sad for people that just want to spam. It's weird. It's like, get a life. Um, <clears throat> so she's like, well, you know, I'm not partying, partying. I just want to, you know, have some adult conversations. I go out for a couple of drinks with some friends and then I come right home. And he's like, no, you don't. She's like, I'm only out for a couple hours. No, two hours become six hours, become eight hours. And then, you know, you're out. They get to have the fun, Yara. And I'm just here babysitting Mila. We don't even go out together. And, you know, I'm stuck at home while you're with your new friends. And they get fun, Yara. And he's like, you know, I'd rather the two of us that go out together and spend time together, which he's not wrong. In a relationship, you absolutely have to make time for each other. You absolutely have to have date nights. You absolutely need to keep that romance alive because that's what's going to keep you connected, right? So if you two are living two separate lives, look at Chantel and Pedro. Living separate lives is not going to last because you don't you haven't made time for each other. And so <clears throat> he is really concerned about that as well. He's like, you know, if we didn't have Mila, we'd probably be divorced already because they don't find time for each other anymore. And, you know, if they don't find time for each other, he thinks that their marriage is going to fail. And I agree with him. You have to find time for your partner. You have to do things with your partner. And I don't see what the issue is. So maybe sometimes she goes out with her friends and sometimes you guys go out together. You guys were good at doing that. I don't understand what happened. 
right? Your mom lives in the same city as you, maybe a little bit further out, but you know, she can take care of Mila or you can get a babysitter, whatever, but you have to make time for your relationship. You have to make time for your relationships. So <clears throat> he makes her feel really guilty. He's like, you know, I don't like your friends. I think they're a bad influence on you. I think that you uh, go out and stay out all night with them and they're turning you into some someone that you're not. And I don't like it, he said. And so she starts crying because she's like, you know, you're trying to make me feel guilty for just trying to go out and, you know, meet friends. I've been here for so many years and I didn't have any friends. Finally, I have some friends. And I just want to be able to go out once in a while. I never was able to. I was always here alone with the baby or pregnant. And I didn't have a car. I couldn't drive anywhere. So now I get to go out a little bit. And I think that that's a valid point too, right? You have to have a balance in all of it. You still have to have friends. You still have to make time for your relationship. You still have to be a parent. It's You're juggling multi-things and multi-facets of who you are as a person. But at the end of the day, you still have to do all those things because that's what makes you you. That's right. They can make time for each other and still go out with friends. And that's what they should do. It shouldn't have to be an either or situation. So Yara meets up with her two friends and y'all symphony, symphony spelled C-Y-M-P-H-O-N-Y and Adele, like the singer, symphony and Adele. <laughs> okay. They met a year ago. Um, but she likes them a lot because they say it how it is. They speak what they think. And she's very much like that. And I appreciate that because I'm like that too. And a lot of people don't like it. They don't like people being direct and honest and, and just open with them. Like a lot of people just don't like that. Um, so I appreciate the fact that she appreciates that about them as well. Um, and so they're like hanging out, having a good time. The friends want to do a girl's trip without Jovi, which I think is interesting because they are really pushing that, like, hey, let's just be the girls and leave your man at home. And I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing, right? And then when the friends are saying, oh, Yara, you're out of his league. You're young. You're beautiful. He's not crazy attractive. He's cute. And you guys make a cute couple, but he's not crazy attractive. And you could have any man you wanted. And Jovi knows that there's any rich guy that would see you and sweep you off your sweep and take you and, and Mila and put you up and take care of you. I was like, Oh no, Yara, you need to say something. They're getting the absolute wrong idea. They think you're unhappy in your marriage and you're not unhappy. You just want to do other things and have adult conversations and socialize a little bit. Like I couldn't sit there and have someone talk crazy about my husband. No, thank you. Um, so Yara does stick up for Jovi in a little, in a little bit. She's like, you know, I do, I love my, like, I love him. And, you know, he reminds me of my mom, she says, and they're like, what? Yeah. Because her mom tells her what to do and Jovi tells her what to do. And she likes that. She likes being told what to do. Um, and so you know, she did stand up for Jovi a little bit. And I know that Yara loves Jovi. I just think that they need to retweak their relationship a little bit. And so 
she starts talking about being self-conscious because she was breastfeeding for 17 months. And so she doesn't really feel beautiful and, and confident in who she is. And so she wants to get a boob job. We find out that Adele has a boob job and Adele's like, you know what? The only thing I regret is I didn't go bigger. And you know, I was like, no, I still want them to look natural, right? Like I don't want to be like a Pamela Anderson or whatever. I just want them to look natural. And I want to feel sexy and confident. And even Jovi apparently told her breasts don't look nice. And so now she has, she's feeling self-conscious about that. Cause she's like, you know, you want your man to think that you're sexy and you want to feel sexy. And because she feels like Jovi doesn't find her sexy anymore, then now they're not, they're like, the sex is not so good. Their sex life is not so good because she's not feeling confident. She's not feeling secure in her relationship in the sense that she doesn't feel like her husband finds her attractive. And when he says those type of things about her body, it's making her more self-conscious about her body. So she wants to get a boob job because she feels like it's going to make her feel better about herself. And then because she feels better about herself, Jovi will also not make fun of her boobies and then they'll have more sex. There'll be less fighting and they'll get along. So that's where those things stand. Now, I think it's unfortunate if Jovi is really like body shaming her like that. That's terrible. That's the mother of your your daughter. And she breastfed for 17 months. Like you should think that that's a beautiful thing and that she was able to do that. That that should be a beautiful thing to, to you. So if Jovi indeed is saying all those things, I think it's quite terrible. Anyways, you guys, that was the return of Happily Ever After. Again, clutch your pearls, y'all. Clutch your pearls. Eat your Wheaties. Do all the things because Angela is back and Big Ed is back. And I, for one, am not ready. Like, did you see the preview at the end of this episode where Angela was tearing apart Michael's car and ripping stuff off the car already? And did you see how Big Ed was naked? Like, I just... <sighs> Eat your Wheaties, y'all. It's going to be a bumpy ride. And I told you guys this. My disclaimer is this. I am going to just be honest about my reaction to those episodes. And I feel personally that after going through a pandemic and having all the crazy stuff happen in the last two years, I personally don't want someone who's verbally abusive yelling all day on tv like yell she's yelling um andre's gonna be yelling all the things like it's just gonna be too much like ah, like save all that for someone else like go home close the door scream and yell talk down to belittle whoever you got to do but just do it on your own time none of us here want to have that coming on our screens all day every day we're, we've been there, done that for years. We've all reevaluated our lives and thought, you know what? We watch trash TV and reality TV to be entertained and to talk about it. What we don't watch it for is for you to have verbal diarrhea come out of your mouth that it's all just venom. We don't want it. We don't want it. That's all I'm saying. Read the room. We're tired of it. We've been, we're tired of it. So I'm going to be talking shit about Angela. I'm just going to say it right now. Cause I just don't feel it's necessary to speak down on people like that. And 
if you have such a, a problem with your the way you communicate, then you should go get therapy because you don't really need to talk to people like that. And one last thing I have to say before we jump off is I you guys have all must have seen when she got on the, the plane and the way she spoke to the flight attendant. So she's really like that in real life, you guys. She really berates people and talks crazy to people in real life. And you know, the saying goes, if any of you guys have ever been in the service industry, how the person you're with treats like servers or service industry people is really how they are. And that's how she is. All right, you guys, I'll see you tomorrow. We're catching up on 90 Day Fiance UK version. Um, and we're doing the family Chantel. So I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye for now.